You're listening to Leave It to Neva with me, Neva Lee Reckler, the show that's changing the world one conversation at a time. Welcome back to the Leave It Sneva show. This is your host, Nevali Rekla, and today we have something kind of special. We're going to be answering the question, how did Jesse get the girl? Because oh, you snap. know I want Jesse's girl. And if you cannot tell, I have my father and sperm donor here with me. And <laughs> we had the idea a little while ago because we we're listening to music in, on our TV, and then Jesse's girl came up, and then we had a conversation. We were like, gee. These lyrics don't seem too good for women or just like in general for relationships. Or, and, well, for guys. Is, and for guys, they don't paint them in the best light. They don't paint them in the best light. Um, and so we were like, let's do a series on Leave It's Neva to talk all about like different 80s songs and what the lyrics might actually mean, perhaps. Well, the programming, right? Yeah. I mean, people my age, people that grew up in the 80s and, and look at the music from your own era, but. What the programming was that and we then received now, how and it sounds to in it. today's age. Yeah. Um. And so we we're thinking of dissecting that, and I think that this will be quite a fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um. And honestly, I think like I have the lyrics pulled up next to me right now, and looking at some of the things that are said, like I kind of wonder if when the writer was writing this, they thought like, I'd imagine he wrote this. Um. I wonder if he thought like, oh yeah, this is going to be so romantic. Like I'm going to give this to Jesse's girl, and she's going to love it. Then like. I was just Jesse's girl. I would want to run in the opposite direction, honestly. <laughs> um, so I think, Dad, if you're cool with this, we could go into a break and then just jump right into dissecting it. Yeah, let's 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 go awesome. break and and then drop right into the uh, where was Rick when he sung this? Yeah. Um. And so before we go into the break and before we dive further into this conversation, remember to go check out our community. We have a wonderful network of people here to love and support you for who you are, no matter the journey that you are on, no matter how you identify, what you look like, all of it. We're here to love you. If you want to lean into that and if you want to come into places and play, we're here for that too. We have a lot of cool events and a lot of awesome other podcasts. And remember to stay tuned for Leave It to Neva. This is like my fifth episode i want to say now fourth or fifth um so it's continuing to grow and thank you for your support so yeah definitely go check that out it's superpowerexperts.com check out our community it's awesome come play come play all right we'll be right back after the break we've been talking all about how did jesse get the girl thank you for listening to the superpower network if you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting we invite you to join us We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Awesome. We're back and we've been talking all about how did Jesse get the girl. So I think now it's time to finally dissect the song. Uh, So let's take a look at it. And I I just... This is, uh, can I recount the, the conversation we had? Jesse's yeah. girl came on and I was rocking out, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was a huge hit in the 1980s. I was I'm, playing video games and he came in like from the kitchen and started like dancing all the way around. I was like, yeah, Jesse's girl. Then I started listening to it <laughs> because I heard it through your perspective. I heard it through uh, the feminine perspective and realized that 
Hmm. Hmm, maybe there's more to this. And we even we even got to the point in the song where like, ah, oh, maybe there because I couldn't remember the lyrics, mm-hmm. right? And we got to a point in the song where I was like, oh, maybe there's actually hope on the back end of it. And, and there wah, was wah. And it, <laughs> well, there it was. Yeah, and I think also like what I kind of see in the song specifically is even though it's a very catchy tune, like I'm not gonna lie, I've definitely danced to it a few times, is it's a programming that continues to internalize misogyny and toxic relationships in a sense, because it's like, well, gosh, golly gee, why not just support your friend in his cool new relationship? Go get someone else. So, so why don't you read the lyrics? Let's go through the lyrics and examine what, like what, what was actually being said at the subconscious level of why he wanted Jesse's girl. Yeah. So at the start, it says, Jesse's a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine, but lately something changed that ain't that hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. That's the first. That's the first case. So do we, should we just stop there and just <laughs> dissect the heck out of that one? Or Yeah, I think that, and don't get me wrong, it is a good song, but I think sometimes. It's got an upbeat beat to it. It does. It, got, it does have an upbeat beat. That's fun to say, upbeat beat. Um, but I think that sometimes we it's like um we've had conversations before on reclamation talking about kind of the internalization of things like rape culture and stuff like that and how if you joke about it and make it seem ooh, if you joke about it and make it seem funny or brush it off funny haha then people don't think it's that big of a deal but it's like some people say really outrageous things and then brush it off as a joke just to cover it up. And I think that that happens in a lot of songs sometimes too, with like especially the objectification of women and perpetuating toxic well, stories. Okay, so continue with the storyline. So continue, continue with the with lyrics this, because this, this gets even deeper. It does. Here. So then it goes on to say, and she's watching him with those eyes. Yeah, she's loving him with that body. I just know it. Okay, wait, stop. Let's stop there. Let's stop there because this is was something that that stood out for me when as I was dancing along and I was kind of like watching you react to it and I was like oh crap what the oh hey so <laughs> let me up. take a step Record back scratch. here this is probably um, let, let's examine this mm-hmm. so why do you think that might have like set me off why do you think it might meet me tricking well, me well if you look at the lyrics is and she's loving him with that body I just know it it sounds very objectifying in a sense and well because it is um. And it's kind of making this supposed human that is Jesse's girl. One, also it's kind of interesting because the title is Jesse's girl. It's not even some girl's name. (laughs) What's her name, right? And it's not even some girl's name. It's just Jesse's girl. It's like when people refer to like their partner as just their partner or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, my wife or yeah, my girlfriend instead of like, oh yeah, their name. Um and so it kind of seems like just putting somebody into a box just to their body. And then he kind of only talks about the physicalities of the person, not like, hey, I actually just want to like you for these reasons. Not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was just focused on the, oh, wow. Oh, you're hot and you're out of my league yeah. and out of reach. <laughs> <laughs> right. So some, um, self, some self-esteem issues there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So keep coming. Then you say, yeah, and he's holding her in his arms late at night. You know, I wish I had that I had. Yeah, I wish so, that so I had. He wish I had that. So what's, what's he actually... And then it goes into Jesse's girl. So, I but, wish that so, I had so, Jesse's girl. What's, what's he actually saying in that last line, though? What's the actual... What's Because that was probably the most truth he spoke in that song, right? Is yeah. I, I wish I had that. 
Yeah. So then talking about the relationship that they had. Exactly. And I think people listening to, like, I know it's just a song and it probably doesn't seem that deep, but if you look at the internalization that happens in these songs, because like I was speaking to earlier, is then we say these words because it's a catchy tune or whatever, and then catch yourself singing them. And it's like, wait, this actually doesn't even feel good to say. Well, let me paint even a, an even uh, different picture. I don't, mm-hmm. what what year did that song come out? You got a computer up there right now. Does it say? 1981. 1981. So 1981, I was, uh, I was six. <laughs> Back in the old going days. Going on seven. So no, I was probably seven by the time the, by the time the, the hit came, came, came out. So I was seven years old. I was listening to the radio. Absolutely. So I'm listening. I mean, and it played like every half hour on the hour. I mean, it was crazy. It, play, it was, it was got so much airtime. It was crazy. So now as a seven year old boy, I'm being hit with this upbeat song that's got these lyrics in it. That's programming us, right? Just like watching the news, anything that you consume is programming your mind. So as a seven year old boy, I got programmed with this. With the right? justification of women, with the going for somebody who's in a relationship. All, which is why my relationships at their very beginning <laughs> were, were horrible. I, and of course, I, I've i learned through that. I've grown through that. I, my awakening and all that and my relationship with your mom. But that wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. That was an entire generation of young boys, young men, mm-hmm. who got hit with that programming. Yeah. And then... To continue, it says, I'll play along with the charade. There doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking to you. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. That's a fun word, moot. Moot, yeah, it rhymes. It's uh, it's well, but um, uh, love. I mean, there's nothing in the lyrics prior to that that explain how or why he could love her. No, and then the saying, like, he feels dirty when they start talking cute, and it's kind of like, why are you watching them like that? Um, kind of like got kind of got kind of like a creep factor. Yeah, when we were <laughs> <laughs> when we were before we started recording this episode, I was I looked it up to see if there had been like a lesbian version of the song because I like gay things. Sure. And then I saw a website and it, somebody said, "Well, it's very clear that Rick doesn't want Jesse's girl. He just wants to be Jesse's girl." Oh. So. I think he's trying to tell us something there, folks. That's a whole other perspective. <laughs> Maybe we'll do another show on like on, on what Is other Rick layers. Is Rick really Jesse's girl? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and I remember we, we've had conversations about this before, is like you, you talked about like the MTV generation. Yeah, the MTV generation. Like and Personification mm, and objectification of, of women. Yeah, because we've had conversations before because I identify as asexual. And so... Like, we've had conversations about how it seems like y'all's generation, like, kind of put things in a hypersexual lens. Extremely hypersexual. And we had a whole new medium to play with, to be able to show it, to, to play around with it. And songs and like this are proof of it, of because it was like, oh, this fun new thing, right? Is like, I mean, looking at like the 70s and stuff, like the sexual revolutions and stuff like that, it makes sense. Um, but then y'all, y'all say things, and I'm like, <sighs> Hmm, that's interesting. Well, and I, it, it's it's. I, I love to hear this from your generation. You're not the only person that we're hearing from it from your generation. I mean, this is these are conversations that you're having with your peers. These are conversations that we're seeing in other families, right? Of of uh, what are we consuming? What are we allowing our children to consume to be hit? What with? stories are being? What stories are being programmed in there? Right? And 
and then looking upon it for ourselves in our generation and going, okay, well, where did I contribute to that? Mm -hmm. Where did I get complacent with that? Where did I, where did that impact me? And then how can I clear it too? So, so we don't have to carry it forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Then it continues and it repeats the same one with the, and she's loving him with that body. I just don't. So we're going to skip that one again because we don't need to re-dissect that. Um, and then it says, Jesse's girl, I wish that I had Jesse's girl work and I find a woman like that. But it kind of seems like he doesn't even know what kind of woman Jesse's girl is. Yeah. No, he, exactly. I mean, he, looking at from the lyrics, just the I'm lyrics sure alone. She might be hot, right? but what else? Yeah. What else is, what else is behind that? But now, now I think it was about this point in the song where we started going, well, maybe there's, okay, there's some, there's questioning, you know, the lyrics are showing that maybe that we thought doing, maybe he would like answer the question and turn around and be like, yeah. well, yeah, I'm going to find someone. Where, where can I find a girl like that? What was the next, the next, there was another question. I think there's asked in the, in the um, lyrics. It asked again. Oh yeah, and then it goes into, and I'm looking in the mirror all the time, wondering what what she doesn't see in me. What? I, <laughs> I've been I've been funny. I've been cool with the lines. No, he hasn't. Ain't that the way love's supposed to? Oh, be? Wait a second. This is so yeah. So I've been funny. I've been cool with the lines. Has he though? Isn't that the way love is supposed to be? And this is where this is where the point of the song when we were listening to it on that day that it was like oh maybe. Maybe maybe there's gonna because I for, I literally I forgot the lyrics. Maybe there's gonna be some introspection on the back end of this, right? Maybe that was just my hopefulness, right? Of <laughs> of like, isn't that the way love's supposed to be? No, it's not because it. We're like when we waited for it because there's like a, a a twenty beat break right after that line, and then it comes right back in with, I wish I had Jesse's girl. No introspection, right? And and again, I, I understand the style of the music and so forth. Yeah, of course. Time, but and, and. <laughs> <laughs> precisely, and I think I mean to dive into this a little bit farther is like personally, if I was Jesse's girl, and like we imagine imagine being Jesse's girl, okay, and you're over at Mister Ricky Spring Rick Springfield's house, and you're with your boyfriend Jesse, and then all of a sudden, a song starts playing on the radio, and you look at Rick. You look at Rick, and then you look at Jesse, and you're like, "What's going on here?" And then you look at Rick, and you're like, um, "No, I would be get up and leave if I heard these <laughs> lyrics." Like, sir. And I mean, it's interesting because, like he says, and I'm looking in the mirror all the time, wondering what she doesn't see in me. Honestly, it sounds like he's objectifying himself at that point. Oh, well, he's 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 looking at the phys, his own physique. He thinks that she's not attracted to him because he's got something wrong with his physical appearance. Or maybe it's just because his lyrics are kind of cocky. Oh, that could be. <laughs> that could be. But let's so let's let's flip this. Let's because the title of the episode is How did Jesse How did Jesse get the get girl? the girl? We know and that Rick didn't get the girl. So how so did Jesse get the girl? I think probably maybe if I was Jesse's girl probably would have gotten Jesse's girl. We're gonna name. We should come up with a name for her. I feel about that. She doesn't have a name. We're gonna call, call no, her. No, no, good eighties. Good eighties name was Heather. I call her Heather. Okay, so let's say I think if I were Heather, then it'd probably be because it doesn't seem like Jesse's making too many songs objectifying her, and. Also, not to mention... Jesse's probably actually having conversation with her. Yeah, because also the song doesn't even mention anything about Jesse. Jesse's just kind of like a side piece character, and then so is a girl. Yeah, and really, what's what's Rick upset with? Rick's upset with that the fact that his best friend is now in a relationship, and... I think he's just jealous of his best friend. Exactly, because... No, well, I think he's just well, jealous he's, of his best friend's girlfriend, honestly. Well, and, and, and he's lost that relationship with... Mm-hmm. 
with with Jesse, right? Because yeah. now his Jesse's attentions on on Heather, not yes, we named we named her Heather. I like that. We're going to refer to that now in, in our household. It'll be it'll be Heather's song. Not Jesse's, Jesse's girl. Heather's boy. <laughs> um, is that, sure, I get it, but it translated in his mind to kind of like this unhealthy objectification of like, yeah. how do I get that? And I think it's the type of thing, I mean, even some of today's songs have really, really objectifying words. And yeah, stuff. we really haven't evolved we much. We haven't evolved much, except now it's just more blatantly obvious of yeah. the objectification, so it's really easy to call it out. Yeah. Um, and most of the times those songs don't even sound too good. No, they're, um, they're typically <laughs> But it's interesting because it's like seeing, like, also the title, I don't necessarily appreciate because it's seems like Jesse's girl Heather is now just put in this box and that's all she is because the song doesn't talk about anything to do with her character it talks about you know and even if this isn't even like a totally thing maybe this dude didn't even have a friend named Jesse maybe Jesse didn't even have a girl but even then if the lyrics like somehow came to be then that was a thought in somebody's brain to think, gee, it's okay to say this about somebody. And I think that it turns into, it just leads the doorway open for more objectification to happen for it to get brushed off even more. Because like you were saying, you were hearing the song when you were a kid and then that's getting internalized and then people are joking about it and thinking, oh yeah, I wish that I just go ha 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 ha. And it's like just another What I can remember, I remember being a, a young boy in, in in middle school and in in high school, my freshman and sophomore year of like looking upon other people that had relationships, mm-hmm. right, and wanting that and thinking that it was with that. Did person. you make your own Jesse's girl songs? <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have. I actually, I, I don't remember, but that 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 piece of me, right, did did the same thing. Well, mm-hmm. I know that I'm not alone in that. I know that there are a lot of people that a lot of men that went through that experience because that was the program that we had and um it's kind of silly to look back upon now and i understand why i went through it for myself and i understand why we saw it as a society but like we said the, the music really hasn't changed because we're not looking at what we're consuming we're just getting caught up in the the, the, the beat or because we like the artist, but we're not examining the actual lyrics of mm-hmm. what is actually being put out, what's actually being programmed by consuming yeah. the, that, that, that song, because that's what it is. It's resonate with it or not. It, that's what's happening. And because that's whenever we hear words, it, it goes through all of our filters mm-hmm. and gets implanted as a program in our subconscious mm-hmm. mind. If what, especially when we hear it over and over and over again, not only hear it, but, buy into it and believe it yeah and i i was watching a facebook video the other day on sexism and to see like the how how it can be kind of everywhere and how casual it can look and all of that of like objectifying ads and stuff like that of you'll see pictures of things that aren't even really supposed to be scandalous and then there's a half naked woman posing sexually just to get consumers' attention, yeah, and see it on Facebook all the time, right? Yeah, of or like these high-end coaches or whatnot that are just—they're showing their skin just to get people to stop by and look, and it's like we're missing the point. Or you'll see like memes and stuff that are yeah. that don't even like make sense that are talking about women or something like that, or like what relationships should be, and it's like really 
old programming and stories that come from things like this song. And I think... Well, you don't realize until you're, well, in my case, 34 years old when... I started examining these these things for myself and internally, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to go, okay, where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? And seeing it every aspect of my life. I mean, that was, so that was, what, 24 years later that I finally got to a point that I was ready to start examining those things and the programs that were implanted in me from, from my childhood that I created the experiences that mm-hmm. I had in my early onset relationships, right? Yeah. And it's that's that's but that's the work that's required if we want to evolve not only for ourselves but for our children and as as a society. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to petition to make a song that says now I'm Jesse's boy. Um from the perspective of if he started dating Jesse instead, I think that would be quite entertaining. You know, that would be a whole new twist. I mean, you would talk about some uh, Freudianism psychology uh, that can be examined there. Yeah, I definitely, I think there's a lot of layers there. And of course, we don't know the backstory of how the song came about. We don't even, I, I don't even know, heck, I don't even know if Rick Springfield wrote it. Uh, but the, even or if, if Jesse and Heather even exist. existed, what was, the, what was the inspiration for that, right? Yeah, what? because even if it's totally fake, whatever it is, then it's still somebody thought it would be a good idea somewhere along the lines to say these words and somebody thought it would be entertaining. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question because okay. I know people have been listening and they're probably going, wow, these two are two are just like a, but they're super fun at parties, right? <laughs> so does that mean that you just can't stop, that you have to stop listening to that song or does it I mean? I mean, no, like if it comes up, I'm definitely going to dance to it. It's got but, a great beat, right? Yeah, but, what, but what's the caveat? I'm not internalizing it and believing that it's true because songs can be sound good. Songs can have a good beat and have a good catchy tune and whatever. And they make, they, they rhyme, they, they flow, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like I love how he worked in the word moot, even though it feels like it doesn't even fit. One of my favorite songs solely for the fact that he's the only person that I know of that, that word moot has been used in any type of song <laughs> in history from what I can tell. Yeah. So I think that it's, and I think to some people listening, it might seem like, oh, this is like, you're taking it too seriously, whatever. I think it is still an important conversation to have. And that doesn't mean like, stop listening to all of the music right now. Yeah, you don't have to get up in arms and like, now we're, we're, now we're, 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 we're now we're going cancel culture, Rick Springfield, right? Is no, it's, alive? it's, yes, I believe he is. Oh. I believe he is. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. That was the, uh, the that was the 12 year old, uh, not recognizing that, that, you know, putting everything together. Um, and we love you. We, we love you, Rick. We, we love everything that you He's did for alive. music and, and everything that you did. And we're, we're, we are, part of our mission is to help evolve the way people think about things. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think he's listening, but if he was, that would be kind of cool. You never um, know. Somebody might know him and pass it on. Who knows? <laughs> I plan on tagging him when I share it. Oh, geez. Okay. So, yeah. And I think that it, like, it doesn't mean like you have to immediately stop listening to things or whatever. I think it's more of a just being aware of what you're consuming. And because, like, 
any music can be good. But if you sometimes like, I'll catch myself listening to a song that I've like never heard before. I'm like, oh yeah, this has a catchy tune. And, and you're I'll like, whoa, what did they just and say? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, rewind. Um, but that doesn't mean I stop listening to it. It just means okay, I'm not going to internalize this because like, if I were to listen to the song, obviously I I, I want to do this because I'm me. But if I were to listen to the song and think like internalizing it like oh my goodness is that like what relationships are supposed to be is that like what women are supposed to only be like surface level blah, blah. i'm not going to take and internalize it as that i can still enjoy the song without enjoying what he's saying exactly yeah. exactly you can you can it's got a catchy beat it's got a rhythm the the lyrics flow and and, and everybody can get behind sure and dancing and whatnot but like you said you're you're not internalizing it and that that is the answer to yeah we're, we're we we have fun mm -hmm. we dance we play we all that kind of stuff and we're very conscious of what we're consuming precisely and i think that doing stuff like that and starting taking those baby steps with things like songs helps you real do that within conversations with people some something i've just recently started doing is i i realized there was times where i would make myself stop talking when i was debating with some something uh, um like if i was disagreeing with somebody on something around like social justice or equality or things like i'm really pa passionate and well versed in i would make like i would just stop talking because i was like okay i just don't want to make them uncomfortable or whatever recently i realized that that the sitting in silence can sound like agreeing to what they're saying. Yeah, well, and, that not it's it's the conversation of non-compliant. Uh, um, if you don't say something, it's it's just it's it's like it's compliance. Yeah, to whatever it is and, that's being said. And so then it, I was like, oh wait, that sounds like I'm agreeing to what they're saying. I'm not. I'm just tired having the conversation. And so I challenged myself to keep talking. And most of the time, the other person right. stopped. And realizing that sometimes you have an opportunity to use your voice, even when it might make other people uncomfortable. And with these types of conversations, like there's still a lot of things like internalized misogyny and sexism and objectification and rape culture that still exists in conversations today that I'll catch people talking. They'll say something about like women or whatever. And I'm like, dude, did you seriously just say that? And the overgeneralization of yeah, one like person's experience with one individual. Or catching the languaging of some people. Like the Facebook video I was watching the other day said sometimes people use the pronoun he as a default when they're talking about people with jobs such as being a doctor or anything that can be considered more masculine or movies presenting that yeah. as such. And so if we start looking at the things that we're consuming on a daily basis, I don't know, maybe people listen to Jesse's Girl on a daily basis. That'd be kind of cool if you have like a routine like yeah i'm gonna block off time to listen to the song um but start examining the lyrics start right? examining what you're listening to what you're consuming on a daily basis so then when you're aware of it then you'll become aware of it when people are talking and then maybe you'll have the courage to say something maybe if you're being guided to so Absolutely. i think that it's really important and we're going to continue to on with the series um there's more and more songs. I'm going to put something out. If you have a song that you would like us to examine from the 80s, heck, we'll even do a 70s series if you want. I love the 70s. But if you have a song that you want to ex to examine, shoot us an email or reach out. Actually, better yet, go to the, go to superpowerexperts.com and go to the chat feature and say, I have a recommendation for, for Neva, and we'll make sure it gets passed along to her. Yep. 
Uh, so yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I think as a challenge to everybody, um, I encourage you to look at what you're consuming, look at the words that are being said, look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, not that you can see the words that come out of your mouth. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth and see if they are internalizing any old programming that might not feel good to you. Like if you catch yourself saying something and you feel like a little icky afterwards, maybe sit with like, oh, did I actually just say that? And then dissect it a little bit if you want. Um, Because I think that defeating the programming and getting rid of it starts with looking at the things that we're consuming and bringing in Absolutely. and You're you have to stop listening to all your music nope. maybe just focus on what the lyrics are saying so that is all we have dad do you have any final thoughts for everybody no uh, you're absolutely brilliant my love these awesome. are super fun i'm looking forward to uh to uh, dissecting my programming that I received as a kid through exploring yep. the 80s and the 70s with you. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yep, it's going to be so much fun. And as a reminder to everybody, go check out our community where we have really fun conversations. And honestly, like to hype it up a little bit more, is it's kind of like the one of my favorite places to be, even though it's online. It's like one of my favorite places to stay in because we have awesome events which i host a few of them which i'd like to say and we have so many amazing people that are just here for a good support system and we kind of bounce off of each other and we continue to see new people like every event and it's awesome to see the the new faces and i look forward to seeing any of you there um because it is truly so much fun and if you want a place where you can lean into and just be supported and loved. Well, loved and, and just... And accepted and, and all the things. find hope. Yeah. If you just want a place where it's like, okay, I just need like refresh, re-energize, whatever, come play with us, please. We look forward to seeing you there and look forward to meeting you. Yeah. Okay. Come, come unlock your, super, your, your superpowers Ooh, and experience your superpowers as well. Come do it. We're here for you. Awesome. We've been talking all about how did Jesse get the girl. Thanks for listening. Remember to love yourself and love others. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.